1: Um, The first six months was pre-COVID, so um, I was still able to actually meet new people and I moved into this house with 16 other people and shared a room with three others. So it was quite easy to meet people. (laughs) (laughs) There were 16 right there. (laughs)
2: Hello there and welcome to A Life in Dublin, I'm Mark, one of the hosts of the podcast. If you're new to this show, our intention is to be a digital companion to anyone who chooses to listen and to showcase the stories of the people of Dublin, whether they're Irish or from lands further afield. Annie arrived in Dublin from Berlin in 2019 to study a Masters in Creative Writing. Luckily, she was able to enjoy Dublin in all of its vibrancy for six months before we had to batten down the hatches and enter lockdown. We don't talk about the C word or what that experience was like for Annie as I think we all know the answers to those types of questions. We do, however, chat about what life has been like since the rebirth of society in early 2022. Annie tells us about her processes as an artist, primarily a poet, and how she has found a community of like-minded creatives here in the city. To follow Annie and read some of her poetry, you can find a link to her Instagram page in the description of this episode. Thanks to everyone for listening, and to Almo um, for hosting the show with me. If you'd like to support what we're doing, you can drop a few coins in the tip jar over on our Patreon page, which is patreoncom Dublin. And now, here's our conversation with Annie. Luke is so just a really nice guy. I have to say, um, we've kind of kept in touch with him a little bit through obviously his gig that he just did in the Workman's Club, and also from, you know, Instagram messages and stuff, and, and he's lovely, so I'm really happy to, to hear, and I'm surprised to hear that you, you know him so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, how, you said that he helped you to get into the creative community in Dublin. Um, how, or what was your first step into that?
1: Well, my first step was... Um basically just meeting a few friends for coffee and they brought another friend and she told me about this night, Smithfield Creatives, uh, that was in early 2022, last year, in spring. Um, And I went there and met Luke, basically. Um, And he introduced me to everyone I now know, basically, um, to Circle Sessions, um, the host there, and the whole creative community he's he's a people person as you might have noticed and um, yeah yeah and he's really good at um just welcoming people and making you feel at home and um like you're a part of the community already um
2: yeah i I would say that about him and i would say that about other people also that i have met subsequently in this community yeah. Uh, there seems to be the music community there's the poetry community there's the the comics the, comics, yeah. the comedian mm-hmm. community um, that we're kind of just looking at because we're not any of those mm-hmm. but we get to talk to some of those people um, and everybody is I have to say so nice yeah. and it's really nice to see how everybody's looking, there doesn't seem to be any like com- competition you know where it's I want to be better than that person, so I'm not going to talk to them. more. I don't. I don't. At least from my perspective, I don't see any of that, which is, which is good.
1: Yeah. 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 The the scene is very wholesome. I'd say very welcoming, um, and I think it's because, for example, because um, I was welcomed so warmly when I meet a person that's only starting out. I kind of feel like introducing them to people as well, and kind of giving giving back in that sense. And I think this is what happens quite quickly. Um, Also when performing, I performed for the very first time last year uh, in spring, and there were so many artists in the audience as well, but it made it easier because they know what it's like to perform for the very first time. (laughs) Yeah. And I wouldn't say that the community is that divided. maybe the comedians are a little bit but between spoken word artists and musicians I think there's a little bit more overlap Mm. Um, at least from my friend circle let's say so there's much more musicians for sure definitely than poets or spoken word artists Um, so if you're connected with creators you'll definitely have musician friends I'd say Um, yeah
2: it's cool so you're from Berlin.
1: Yeah.
2: How how did you end up in Dublin? And when and what, why
1: did you decide to come here? Um, I came here for my Masters in Creative Writing actually oh. in 2019. Um, and I was in Dublin for the very first time in, oh, I don't know, I was 16. It's a while ago. <laughs> and a friend took me and I had a very good experience. I think it was the first time for me kind of Traveling abroad with a friend, actually taking an airplane, um, um, as a teenager, um, and I just like went into this bookshop and picked up a poetry collection. And this whole, the just the the vibe and the energy of the literary scene was so strong even then um, that it just had me really interested in, yeah, studying writing in Dublin it's a much stronger um, tradition in ireland uh, for example in germany although germany has like 80 million people right yeah um, and ireland 4 4 million four and right or something like that, yeah. and you have writing schools in every city maybe even multiple mm. like even in dublin you can study creative writing um, in three or four different colleges maybe even more and in germany there are two or three public colleges in the whole country. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I went to one of the biggest universities in Berlin and they, they wouldn't have a course like that just because it's not part of the tradition. Um, so I was very intrigued by that and by um, like young female millennial authors as well um, that I was reading at the time who were from Dublin or from Ireland. Um, yeah. and.
2: So you were you're reading man, pieces of, of art in, in English. Yeah, Um, oh, was there any reason why you, you decided to do that in English as opposed to German or I maybe do both? I, I don't know.
1: Um, I read in German and English. I, I just really like the English language. Yeah, yeah, always did for music and for literature. And um, I studied literature as well. And I just loved English literature, English language literature, yeah.
2: Brilliant. Yeah. Um, a lot of I, I, musicians, primarily, I'm not sure about the spoken word community and mm-hmm. poetry and things like that, but um, I know that Berlin is is famously one of the most creative you know, cities in Europe. I remember being there once on a tour. the tour guide was was taking us through various different historical monuments and things like that, that you can do in Berlin. And he made the point that before the war, Berlin was actually the kind of the center of creativity in Europe. And that it's kind of almost becoming that again. Mm. And we have a musician that's going to come on the show in a couple of weeks. Her name is Cuida Barra. She's, She's brilliant, but she's traveling to Berlin. She lives in Berlin. We had a comedian on the show before. He said, I'm going to Berlin. Mm-hmm. and I, my, my, When I asked why, he's like, you can just perform so much there, mm-hmm. multiple times a night. Mm-hmm. You can go from one show to the next show. And they said, the scene is booming there. Um, so it's interesting to hear you as a Ber- Berliner talk about Dublin in this way. I mean, I know yeah. Dublin is a creative place, but I would have felt that maybe not as much as, as Berlin.
1: Dublin is great for spoken word, Uh, so I go back to Berlin regularly to see friends and family and um, there's not many spoken word nights in Berlin at all. I was trying to find one um, within a week basically Um, and you have a great scene for comedy and music and DJing of course and these kind of things. Um, Even visual arts would be great, like light installations and sculptures, whatever. Um, But spoken words, maybe there's two per month or like once per week, you could find, like at least from what I could find. I'm not very connected uh, to the scene there, of course. But um, in the end, I ended up going to uh, a music open mic that um, marketed themselves as Music and comedy, (laughs) and and I messaged him um, and asked like, "Can I do spoken word as (laughs) well?" They yeah, sure, that's fine. And I went and I was the only poet performing that night. Um, That's brave. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean.
2: Sure, you didn't know it was only going to be you either, no?
1: Yeah, I don't mind either, but Yeah. (laughs) yeah, but um. Yeah, so I don't know why that's the case. Um, there's a lot of expats in Berlin, of course, um, very international, but for some reason um, there's not a big spoken word scene.
2: Yeah, here you can go out any night and there's yeah. spoken word somewhere. Yeah. yeah, they
1: they do really value poetry in, in Ireland still, Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not sure. a very modern art form, I'd say. In that sense.
2: To be, to make sure that I get it properly and we spoke to Emmett a little bit about this, um, what like is there a difference between spoken word and poetry or is it literally just saying your poems?
1: Um, It could be either, um, in the circle we kind of distinguish between page poems and spoken word pieces. Um, There's definitely a difference for me, to to my pieces, when I write something that's just meant for the page and something that I'm able to perform. So I would be able to read any piece, but it might not work as a performance at all. Mm. So for me, the difference is kind of, is it performable? Will people get it when I just say it out loud? Because, of course, there are some pieces uh, that might have a specific layout and you need the subtext of the layout to understand what it means to to okay. add, like, um, meaning. Um, and, of course, there are pieces you need to read over and over to actually understand what it's saying. And yeah. But when you perform, you might only have two or four minutes yeah. and um, the, the audience can't go back to the last sentence and have a second look. So it kind of needs to... Be quite immediate in that sense.
2: Mm. And what is your when you're performing your poetry when you're when you're doing spoken word? What is your style? I mean, when Emmet does his, it's um, it's almost like a rap. You Mm. know, or I mentioned that when he was saying it, he was influenced by that sort of stuff. Yeah, like there there is a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, like you wouldn't say that it's a rap because sometimes he, he was very good he, sometimes he stops and you're like are you finished or what are you doing you know, I was totally confused by it but uh, he was brilliant um, but my my feeling when I was listening to him was like, this is, there's a rhythm to this it's mm-hmm. almost musical Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah for sure um, he has I, a certain fluency to his pieces
2: yeah. how would you categorise yourself
1: um, I have a few different pieces I'd say but it's mainly free verse so I like to describe it as I just say sentences and talk to you on the stage but there is a rhythm and I'm quite aware of it but um, the listener might not be Um, but if you would like you know put a tack to it I might I, I will probably still finish the poem in the same time mm. every time I do it um, and there's a few pieces that do sound like a song as well that I do. Um, yeah. I don't know how to categorize it per se. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: you, have I seen from your Instagram that you, you also sing? Or you, you're, you're musical in some ways? I wouldn't say
1: sing, but like, <laughs> 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 I take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. That's a poem actually. Uh, um, okay. that, that one piece, I don't know, it kind of turned out as music in the end just because it had such a strong rhythm. And um, I started, I think, like October, November last year, I just kind of got to know a lot of people from the hip-hop scene in Dublin as well, which we didn't really mention because, of Mm. course, they're also involved in the music scene. But, like, the main part of the music scene is more so singer-songwriters, maybe a few bands. But then there's also the rappers and the hip-hop scene. It's an incredible up-and-coming scene. Um, And I wrote, like, the kind of the hook or the chorus to that poem that I did for a friend's rap originally. Um, and that's why it was very rhythmical and very catchy, like almost like a like a chorus or a song. Mm. Um, but it was a poem originally. Yeah.
2: Wow. And yeah, so these things just naturally materialize say, through meeting people and, and yeah. the community that yeah. you have built. Here.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, how difficult was it? I mean, I know you got to know a lot of these people through Luke, but mm-hmm. maybe you, before you met Luke, or I'm not sure if you met, I don't know if you met him the second day that you were in Dublin, I'm not sure, but um, a lot of people that we speak to on the podcast find it difficult to find a community mm-hmm. in Dublin. Or yeah, or maybe not, it's the biggest challenge that yeah. they have. You know, they it have is. their job, it they is. might be studying, um, they go to the gym, whatever it is mm-hmm. that they do. And then outside of that, finding friendships is hard. Mm-hmm. It can be a challenge. It can be a challenge. And I think some people have said as well that they're like, Celeste, for example, What, what Celeste from Venezuela came on, on the podcast and she made a really good point. She's like, it, it takes time and you're not going to meet someone and be best friends with this person mm-hmm. straight away. You build friendships all yeah. the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it sounds like that's what you're doing at the moment, but... How easy or difficult was it for you to get into that community?
1: Um, So I only met Luke a year ago and I've been in Dublin in September. It's going to be four years already. So um, I wish I would have met him on the second day. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, the first six months was pre-COVID. So um, I was still able to actually meet new people and I moved into this house with 16 other people and shared a room with three others. So it was quite easy to meet people. Yeah, <laughs> <choice>. There <laughs> were 16 right there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and they were great. It was um, a mix of just expats from different places, from um, all over Latin America, Brazilians, um, um, really close Mexican friends I made there and um, South Korean friends and... Um, that was my community for the first half year. Um I just it was a little bit surreal at times because I obviously came to Ireland because I knew the language mm. and I studied um, at a Dublin college at d c u um, mm. and it it was hard to get in touch actually with the Irish people studying there just because they were kind of commuting from outside of Dublin or they had their um daily routines set already um, They were really friendly as well, just maybe not looking for new connections or friends. Um, And then I found myself in the first weeks just like walking through Dublin, surrounded by people who speak Portuguese, taking me to these Brazilian places. And I was like, (laughs) it was so so absurd, but um, it was a very positive experience at the same time, just like sitting there getting food handed in the apartment by someone who didn't even understand what I was saying, yeah
2: i have to I have to say that I think we're so lucky like there's a huge Brazilian community here obviously, and we're so lucky that they are so friendly you know from ninety nine percent of them and so welcoming and you know you didn't have to be Brazilian to be part of that community yeah. they welcomed you um and i I, can't remember, I speak i spoke to edu a couple of weeks ago about this and, and it's true when you are living abroad your friends Become your family. Yeah, for Uh, sure. And I think they as a community take that seriously, Mm -hmm. you know, which is brilliant and very supportive. Because as you say, not all Irish people who Mm -hmm. live here and have their lives here their whole entire life are looking for new connections. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the thing. Everyone I've talked to that comes to live to Dublin say the same thing. They make friends with. All the expats, all the Brazilians, mm-hmm. all the everyone from yeah. everywhere, yeah. You know, it's really tough to fit into a circle of Irish people, yeah. yeah. Like, they of course they're really nice to you and everything, but it's a lot harder to get around to meet yeah. them again and again and again, well, with expats, yeah. Much easier,
1: yeah. So, it was kind of, I mean, during COVID, it was really hard to meet people, but um, after that, once I actually started going to open mics, it was so easy so easy. And now I know so many people from the scene that I can also call my friends. And I don't know if it's I, that might be special to that community, just to the creative community that they're so welcoming. Um, but that wasn't hard at all. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. Nice.
2: Um, I imagine like for us all COVID was an incredibly yeah. difficult time. And <laughs> um, I often say to people you know, who are here during COVID and living abroad, or living in Ireland but, you know, not from here, you know, not with their real friends or their real family or anything like that, I often say it's actually, it was pretty much the same for me, you know, I was also, uh, you know, living in an apartment, I couldn't see my family, you Mm -hmm. couldn't go see your friends, it was almost the same thing, you know, we were all using uh, Zoom and WhatsApp or whatnot to, Mm -hmm. to communicate with each other, there wasn't really that much of a difference probably but... We all know how long and hard that period was. We're not going to talk about it too much. <laughs> um, but it's good that you've, you've, you've found that open mic community. Um, we spoke a little bit about the flow show before. Yeah, I think you you mentioned the circle sessions. Mm-hmm. Is there any other ones that you do or you like to go to?
1: Uh, yes, Mr. Creatives. Um, that was the first one I went to. I didn't perform at it straight away. Um, but that's a lovely night as well, run by Adam, Adam Kelly, um, yeah, really wholesome setting as well. I think they're in the jar now, downstairs though, Okay. Um, yeah. there's also, Amit puts on a night, it's not um, open mic, I think he asks the acts to go on it, it's Dublin's finest, it's a really good night. It's more spoken word focused, he has musicians on it as well from time to time. Um, I think the original idea was to have like mainly spoken words and, and like to to have the artists get paid as well, which is a lovely idea. Yeah. <laughs> artists get paid. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah know. <laughs> <for everything. laughs> I know. I know. I know.
2: Yeah, also open mics. Mm. Yeah, that one I haven't heard. Yeah, I've never heard of that. One. They mentioned like the flow show, the Smithfield sessions, and the circus. All of those. Everyone that we've had on it's a creative have mm-hmm. I also didn't, I mean, we had Emmett on the podcast, I didn't, he, he didn't say anything about I don't it, I don't think. Um, Keeping it lucky. keep it lucky. <laughs> yeah. It is Everything a lovely night, Because people yeah. are getting paid, I might start writing some poetry as well. I'm just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just Yeah, I'd like to see that too. Um, what is the. If, can I ask, is there a long-term goal for for your art?
1: Um, just to be able to have the circumstances to keep doing it. Um, that's really it, to connect to as many people as possible and have the time to do it. Um, I would love to publish a collection at some point. I would love to perform bigger venues at some point. I would love to put out music at some point. Um, these are all things I'm pursuing Um, And once I have the time, I also write longer fiction pieces, um, which was was what I was mainly focusing on during um, um, the COVID period. I wasn't actually writing poetry as much. That started or like restarted (laughs) after I um, went to the open mics. Um, Yeah, long term goals for that. I mean, if I could at some point have an income with anything creative um, That would make me quite happy (laughs) for sure. Yeah, but as long as I can create and keep doing that, that's really just to keep growing, just to keep um, an open mind to different art forms as well. Yeah, that's
2: at what point in your life did you realize that uh, writing as a form of creativity was something that you really loved? I mean, was it is it since you've been seven years old? Or did you discover this more when you were 21, 22, or whatever?
1: Um, I did start writing, well, like, writing poetry even when I was, like, 8 or 7 or something. And I wasn't even thinking about it. I think I always wrote, like, diary or journal entries and little poems. And even in English, because you start learning English from when you're, like, 9 years old in Germany. Mm. Um, And... I don't know I never thought about it I just wrote it was a natural outlet in a way some something to express myself um, and then I I think I lost track of it in college in my early 20s just because I was so busy and then I took it up again in the end of college when I was thinking about the master's degree as well and there was a guest professor who taught a creative writing class he was American um, and it just got me back in touch with writing and made me realize how much I missed it and how much I loved it and yeah, yeah Cool. Very yeah.
2: Mm. That's nice. Do you sit down with um, an idea in your head before you Write your first words. Do you have an image in your head or is it I'll just start writing and see what happens?
1: All um, of oh, it. Okay. Um, I might have a line in my head. Um, I draw a lot of inspiration from music, actually, from lyrics. Um, and there might be a really strong line that launches something, that just inspires something. Um, could be an image, could be an experience, a feeling, um, just something I need to reflect on or process or um, like have an internal conversation about, something like that. Um, could be an image. Um, but also, I do like to also just sit down and jot down words or kind of improvise on the page because like I know a lot of people believe that you shouldn't force writing and, and you shouldn't and you shouldn't like um, sit down and like try and make it happen but um there was a saying I really like that there's people who wait for inspiration to write and then there's writers because at some point you just need to give yourself the space to to sit down and write and like allow yourself for the opportunity because you might not feel inspired while I don't know you're in your office job or you're on the Lewis or just doing grocery shopping um. but it I think the most important thing is to actually make time for it and give yourself the opportunity and I find it so much easier with poetry as well because fiction I think I always struggled with fiction because you need to be quite organized and you need to maybe have a plot and like yeah. <laughs> structured and it's usually also longer pieces right. and with poetry you can finish a piece you can finish a piece you know yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. shorter um and you get kind of the reward from it but also i love the liberty about it just the complete freedom of you you can i don't know write one sentence then another one that seems like it has nothing to do with the one that before that so um yeah, so sometimes it's not even inspiration that makes me sit down, but just kind of like, all right, yeah, I, I want to so take great. the 15 minutes now or have a coffee or, yeah.
2: I think that's important. Any creative type of media or anything spoken word poetry, anything, you have to take the time. It's, it's another muscle. Yeah. If you don't do it often, you forget it. And you yeah. be less and less inspired. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I have to make a space and make myself do it. And even if I sit down and don't do anything, it feels mm. like I still, okay, maybe next time.
1: Yeah. What, what do you do, actually?
2: I just, media. Like, media. Photography. Oh, lovely. Like that.
1: Okay, cool.
2: Well, it's, for me, it's the same thing. If I have a set of pictures and I like, don't make myself do them, they'll never get done. Yeah. That's not then, yeah. okay. yeah. Like it's a painting. You know? mm. yeah. I It's a weird one, like, I don't feel necessarily, I'm not, I wouldn't describe myself as a creative person. Um, or definitely never uh, pursued it, if, if that makes sense. Um, but one thing I, I would find is from doing this podcast and now that we have kind of upgraded a little bit the, the technology that we use to, to put it out and there's kind of more things that you can play around with and put different sounds in the background and stuff like that, I found that I could sit there for hours doing it and totally unaware of the time, Mm. like, Lovely. uh, yeah, it is lovely, and I've never ever felt that passion Mm. in anything, like, even if I was, you know, doing something which I quote unquote enjoy, which maybe, I don't know, watching a great TV series, eventually you're going to go, oh, I'm tired, I need a break from this and it's funny I get totally the opposite feeling yeah. from editing these it's audios crazy. and I'm not saying that I'm good at it or anything like that I'm very much uh, but it doesn't matter it's no, it just the fact matter. that I to um, I'm get immersed in it yeah, yeah. It creating something yeah you proud like, yeah my first
1: question would have been like how do you define creativity or like being creative
2: good question um <laughs> but we should have started with that <laughs> we're just gonna delete the rest of the podcast and we'll start from uh, now
1: oh, welcome to the, the <laughs> we have today uh,
2: um yeah how do i define creativity so here, here's something that you know from my own experience of working in in a business and things like that i think you can you can have a problem and create solve it in a creative way mm-hmm. like actually problem solving you do yeah. have to be creative yeah. sometimes because you have a problem and you're like, "What's the answer?" And like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have to sit here and think about it mm-hmm. for a second. It's maybe quite a boring form of creativity, but it is a, a form of creativity. Um, where I, I guess when I started, when I when I first started speaking about that, what I mm-hmm. meant was I don't create poetry or <laughs> writing or music or anything, anything considered like considered yeah. Arts the art yeah anything yeah. exactly anything considered art all right I don't think yeah. making art is the only creative element,
1: I definitely not so yeah I'd agree with that
2: any form as long mm. as you're making something from something that inspires you something that's inside you making something tangible on the outside of you I think
1: that's considered creative yeah yeah for sure um even just reassembling something that's there already and make it something new and, and change it. Like I think there's creativity in almost anything we do when we work on something. As you said, especially problem solving. Um, I was talking to a friend of, of mine once about Saturn Beige. Um, she's a fantastic musician and cellist. Um, and we were talking about creativity um, and what people use to like process things or deal with things. Um, like, I didn't choose to, I don't know, be a poet or be creative, um, although I'm quite committed. But um, there's even like mathematicians and physicists, to me, they're the most creative people. Mm. Yeah, of of all be. of them, somebody building a robot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a really an, new math like exists. exactly, exactly, <laughs> like you need to think outside of the box. You have to kind of disregard what's there already, or know how to deal with that, but at the same time, be open to anything else. Yeah. Just like by association, um, that's like really creative, just like thinking outside of the box, or um, yeah, just being open to to anything new that's not apparent or like immediately in front of you in a way yeah and definitely editing and things like that arranging things yeah which
2: is problem solving basically yeah I guess so um and one part I have to say that I do look forward to as well when I'm making it I Mm -hmm. am obviously thinking of the listener you Mm -hmm. know I'm thinking of oh this sounds cool people might like this Mm -hmm. I'm totally honest about that it's -hmm. not something that I'm making that i get it I get excited about people listening to it. Um, is that something that you feel when you're writing as well, when you create something out? Are, are you excited that to then go and perform it? Mm,
1: interesting question. I'm always very excited to perform. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sometimes I write a line and I'm like, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see the reaction when I say that. <laughs> and there's one line in particular I'm thinking about. Um, but oh, what is it? Oh, I would have to perform that one, I think, for for it to have um, the effect. You're performing uh, tomorrow,
2: right?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll hear it
2: then.
1: Um, I might do Positive. the piece, but like yeah, the line is, um, you laugh at rape jokes. I only laugh at those when I make them, but never at yours. Okay. And when I wrote that, yeah, I was like, can't wait to, to see yeah, the faces yeah, in the audience. See that yeah. Um Yeah, definitely. I mean, with performance pieces, for me it's all about connecting through the audience. Um and like have have them be able to to listen to me as well. Um, People have a short attention span. I do too. Mm. It's really hard for me to focus, Um, especially when people talk and you have so many acts on and maybe a piece is four or five minutes. Um, I kind of try to like not waste anyone's time, but also give something back, but at the same time stay true to what I'm creating and what I'm writing. Like I wouldn't cater to the audience. But this doesn't mean that I'm not keeping in mind um, that some things don't work on stage and right. others work better. Yeah.
2: You talk about poetry as if you have a responsibility to it. Um, and Do I? It, yeah. So you're saying to me that um, I have to stay true to, mm-hmm. to the poem. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to lose that just for the sake of connecting with these people. You know? Yeah, it's part of it, but mm-hmm. I also so. Yeah. In in a way, I guess you're bringing something into the world. It's not like a a mobile phone or a cat or a, a person. It's it's a piece of work. It's a mm-hmm. it's a poem that. Okay, you can put it on a piece of paper, but when you speak it, there's no physical body to it. Yeah. But you, I I get the impression, or I'm just imagining it in my head that when you're up there, you you almost have this. Physical poem floating around you. Hmm.
1: I think it, Or did somebody it, it,
2: put some LSD in my water, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't water. <laughs> <Did
1: you? laughs> I don't know. Did you? I don't know. no. Um you no know, I can see where where you're coming from for sure. I think I'm not I think I feel the responsibility to myself actually, not so much to I mean of course I I might feel it for the poem, but it's more so to myself like i want to say true to the things that i'm saying so one of my methods in writing as well is um that i only put down sentences that i think are true um yeah and I, i'm gonna say them i'm gonna say them to people this doesn't mean that everything i say is autobiographical or it happened as i as i say um but there's truth in it to in in some kind of form or level um and I do feel the resp- responsibility to that to, yeah, stay truthful and mm. genuine with the audience. Like, there's no need. I mean, for me, there was would be no use performing in front of people just trying to be anything else. Yes, yeah. 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 Doesn't mean that I'm not like acting a bit, yeah. but that's part of the performance. But um, I don't know. To me, performing compared to just writing. It was just like a direct way out of loneliness in a way, because when I was writing fiction or even page poetry, um, I would always write, even even though I didn't perform then, I would always keep writing, even if I had stopped performing at some point, Um, but it's a very isolated process. And of course, there was always the outlook of um, this might get published, and I knew that poems or novels had resonated with me in the past as well um, and i felt that connection to the writer but there's no guarantee that anyone will ever read these pieces i don't know if i will get published i have a few short pieces published in small magazines but um it's really hard to connect to people also i don't see their reaction or um i'm not yeah, able to share yeah. it immediately whereas when i'm performing. It's, um, there's an immediate connection to the performance. Um, yeah, and, and that's incredible. I love that about performing. Mm. Yeah. Um, no I, idea what the question was. <laughs> I totally got derailed. Like not gonna there for a second. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you, sp- you spoke about loneliness. I'm curious to know if you're still living with 16 uh, people.
1: <laughs> no, I live with um, three other people um, and yeah, in a shared house. One of them is Luke. One of them um, is also a musician, playing piano and singing. She studies at BIM. Um, and another one is from Belarus, good friend of mine now as well. Um, yeah.
2: Brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Very creative. House. Yeah, oh. it is.
1: And this was kind of what I was looking for when I moved here, I was like, oh, I'm going to meet all these creative people, you know, <laughs> and, and then of, of um, I didn't at first um, and I couldn't connect to the other students in that way. But I'm so happy and grateful that even like after three years, I, I actually realized this recently that now I'm living exactly what I originally wanted. I have this creative circle, I live with these creative people who I, I can just hear play music during the day sometimes, or we would have these small jam sessions in between, um, and it's just incredible, I feel so lucky, so, so lucky. Yeah. yeah, that's
2: great. <laughs> um, I wonder, like, this is something that I'm kind of going over in my head a little bit, mm-hmm. um, maybe over the last few years, and I really don't know what to believe about it, but I um, I really hate the word because it kind of it feels strange to say it, but the word manifestation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you said that you, I really wanted to live with creative people mm-hmm. and here you are living with creative people. Um, is it, how, how do you think, I don't know how to ask this question. Um, I don't want to say that you manifest it, um, but were you actively creating it consciously? or was it something that you wanted you kind of forgot about it and then it happened it?
1: What, what's manifestation in that sense
2: manifestation would be the idea of having something in your mind mm-hmm. and then creating that I mean 100% it exists yeah you know, exactly. it. it's like I say I want to be rich and oh right all right, right, right. okay rich, okay, okay, rich, okay okay right and they mm. give credit to I believed it so now it is yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. Think I think what's Mark trying to say
1: mm-hmm. is... All right, I, th- I think I know where enough. you're coming from. Um, interesting question. I think that... I I have goals, or clear goals, and I am very ambitious and I work hard to make the things happen that I believe in. I'm not sure you would call that manifestation. It's, it's more so. like, for example, I want to be published in a small magazine. I have to submit... Um, I don't know, 60 times because I know the percentage of getting published is so small. I'm not sure that's manifestation. To me, that's just hard work.
2: (laughs) But (laughs) it actually (laughs) is. But but it's both, it's hard work and Mm. it is. But like, so the idea of, for example, me uh, winning the 100 meters at the next Mm. Olympics, no, I'm obviously not going to make that a reality because I think. Is it the age? (laughs) 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 I think I'm just a like a few milliseconds off the record and <laughs> um, and yeah anyway I, I don't know why i'm thinking about that now my mind has just gone down a tangent and kind of tried to defend it? my running skills i was like no 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 not need to defend that mark here. that's just not you know 100 meters per turn on this life anyway um yeah so I think the idea of manifestation has been, let's say, polluted a little bit with this idea, as you say, Omo, of like I want to be rich and I'm just going yeah. to, to manifest money inside. It's like self
1: improvement and these yeah. kind of like things I genuinely so
2: don't believe in that. Yeah. But like what you mm-hmm. are doing is is ma- it's it's clear goal setting. Mm-hmm. That's what, but but I think where the idea of manifestation or a goal setting, you can lose faith in a particular goal. Like, mm. say, for example, you said, I have to submit 60 times before mm. I can get published. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might lose faith after... The first one, sometimes. The first one. They believe it so strongly, they believe in manifestation. They do it once, it doesn't happen, and beliefs are shattered real fast. Yeah. 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 They blame manifestation, and it didn't happen because... Alright. right. Yeah, you know. So, uh, what are, do you have, like, is it your ability to do that 60 times mm-hmm. is that just like I'm going to keep working and I love this so much that I'm not going to stop mm-hmm. or is it like I have faith and um, this will happen
1: I love it so much that I'm not going to stop <laughs> yeah, yeah. there is no guarantee to be successful in art I don't think that um, at some point all of these things will just happen I um, I don't know I'm, in in that sense I'm not I don't know if this is even spirituality in some way, this kind Project, of yeah. kind of manifestation. Um, no, I w- I wouldn't believe in that. I, I believe in your own actions, and especially for, for something like that, for the creative process or um, success, you, you can't be like my band will succeed or I will be the greatest author at some point. You need to, of course, have faith in yourself. But to me, it's more important to value my actions in the presence like i value what i do right now i value the pieces that i write i value the performances the the, um, the space that i have um and it needs to be good enough for me to keep going because if i if i if i want something that's not there like of of course i'm still trying to i don't know like get somewhere it, it's not about that it's not about not having goals or ambitions at all but it's more so about like loving the process i guess um and believing in your abilities but yeah especially to arts there's no guarantee there's so much luck involved as well i know every monday you can see the most incredible musicians in dublin in circle sessions they all in my opinion deserve a record deal like Mm -hmm. (laughs) the singers there, like it's just incredible but there's no guarantee that all of them will make it hopefully some will and i hope they will be able to you know live from the music and have that be their main income if they want that um but Um, Yeah, I think manifestation is. If it even discourages you in in the way that you said in that example, it's more harmful than it's useful. I I think it's useful to the way that you need to believe that maybe it's possible to, you know, stay motivated in a way. Um, But if. Just creating isn't enough. For example, you can't write a book just to write a book. Maybe some people can. You need to like writing the book yes. to some degree. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's going to be very painful. It's already painful, like even <laughs> even if you like writing. Yeah. you know. But um, if you don't enjoy writing and you just force yourself because you want the end result to, I don't know, be a published novelist or have written a book, that's not going to sustain you to do it every day or every week. Mm. Yeah
2: um, as a as a Berliner, as a, a German who's moved to Dolan, is there any kind of very stark or very clear differences in culture that you were kind of shocked by when you moved here first?
1: Mm. Well, everyone is so friendly. <laughs> 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 no her, her Berliners can be a bit a bit rough. like it's not... I don't think they're this unfriendly as the reputation says. Sometimes, um, you just kind of need to know how to read it. Um, but like, this is something I noticed that generally, even if you like ask for directions or anything, people would just be very lovely. Um,
2: Half the time, they'll walk you to the place. Even. <laughs> the <same> way. <laughs> um,
1: another thing I noticed, which is driving me insane. <laughs> is that Irish people can be so vague, (laughs) (laughs) so, so vague. And it's about um, when and where you might meet, what are the circumstances of that, you know, like occasional things I'm like sure we'll see. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. look. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, I don't know, like, so, you know, where are we going to meet, like, College Green? Yeah, but we're at College Green, you know, there's like several bus stops, there's Trinity College, there's the main entrance, you can like walk around, like this whole area, it's like saying we'll meet in Temple Bar and like, it happens so many yeah. times <laughs> and it's just, you would never, and in this sense, look, and I joke about this, because I say He's the most German person I know because he would be so specific and so on time and so organized. Um, but and yeah, the precise
2: coordinates of where he's standing. At yeah, yeah, second. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but um, that's not the rule for most Irish-like people. <laughs>
2: yeah, that is but. true, and I think even that phrase "it'll be grand." Yeah. Uh, I remember having a mini argument with somebody because it was kind of a stressful situation, and it was like. I said, like, oh, you know what? It'll be grand. You're like, but how do you know? Like give, Mark, give, the give house is on fire. <laughs> yeah. okay. Give me a legitimate, pragmatic yeah. reason why it will be grand. Okay. Mm. I don't know, but it will be grand. <laughs> yes. yeah. 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 Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I can imagine coming from Germany where things are a bit more organized than here, at least public transport. <laughs> it's a bit hard. <laughs> To be that big. Yeah, yeah public yeah. transport, not great. Uh, I think we can all agree to that, whether you're Irish, German, Spanish, Turkish, whatever. Um, I feel like it's improving. Yeah. Like it used to be terrible. Like, terrible. Mm. I remember I actually studied at DCU mm. um, and I used to take the bus, um, and sometimes the bus just wouldn't show up. <laughs> yeah,
1: happens. <sometimes. laughs> yeah it no, happens in berlin as well
2: that, that's fine if the bus is every 10 minutes this bus <laughs> was once every hour so that means that you could be standing there two hours in the pissing rain and there's this weird thing that happens now i was the fool to stay there for two hours but mm. i had to get to college and yeah. it was more than a, a two-hour walk to get mm. there so I was like, okay i'm just gonna you know and, and then it's that you know it's cognitive bias thing that kicks off where you're like I've been waiting here 30 yeah, minutes of I'm of not course. leaving now it's yeah, going to come the, um... now. any minute any minute now it's going to come yeah. and you're raging with anger the whole time you're waiting yeah. for it and then when the bus finally comes instead of complaining you're so happy to see it <laughs> that you're like hello <laughs> 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 So nice to see you, Mr. Goes, Thank you for coming. I really appreciate <laughs> yeah. you doing your job. We'll to call. Yeah. Can, yeah. I ask, Can I ask what you were doing yeah. for the last two hours? Um, <laughs> yeah, a
1: bit of Stockholm syndrome there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Definitely. And then you get off
2: the bus and you're like, oh, hang on, I should have been more angry with that guy.
1: But. Maybe it wasn't his fault though. Of like, course. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah usually, yeah, usually but, something. Yeah, uh, I, I also thought it was spotted. interesting my yeah. reaction
2: of going from such mm-hmm. anger to being happy to see the bus. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, with the relief. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah, public transport
1: it, yeah. it's it's not great. <laughs> but look like, listen. Yeah, true. It'll be grand. It'll be grand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any particular favourite places in Dublin North? or things that you like to do?
1: Well, I think Circle Sessions would be in the International Bar on Mondays would be my favorite place to go to just because I know that, let's say um, I take the weekend to myself just to, I don't know, work on things or, you know, take care of the household, whatever. Um, I know that I can just go there and see friendly faces um, and be entertained and inspired and, yeah, all of that. Um, so I think that's a really good place to go to. Otherwise, I just really like like walking through the city as well. That's not very specific, but keeping that's it like Irish, you know, Irish really <laughs> not. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do like books upstairs as well, uh, the bookshop, mainly because I think it was the first bookshop I went to when I first came to Ireland, and then it was the first one I entered when I came back here not knowing it was the same so I kind Mm -hmm. of have this very sentimental feeling about the place Mm -hmm. and they have a really lovely cafe upstairs um, above the bookshop um, that has like a no screen policy so people just go there for a chat or to read the book they just bought downstairs and um, yeah that's a really nice place as well.
2: Um, I can see the books upstairs in my Mm -hmm. head but I can't remember exactly where it is.
1: It's on the Street.
2: So yeah. and near yeah, O'Connell yeah, Bridge, near Trinity College. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really
2: all right. I've actually. Uh, I don't know if I've ever been in there. You should go. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've ever been in there. I probably have, but I don't remember because so I walked past it recently maybe it's been recently painted or freshly painted or something and I was like, oh, I have never really noticed that place before. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting that yeah. it, but you mentioned it. I'll have, to, I'll have
1: to pop in. They have a nice um, second hand book section as well where you can just kind of rummage around. Yeah. Cool.
2: Yes. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. Um, do you think you'll stay in Dublin for, for a while more or what is your plans mm. or do you have any?
1: I'm not sure um, for the moment. I think it's the right place to be in the sense of like, I don't know, my creative endeavours. <laughs> but um, as I said, like in Berlin, the spoken word scene isn't great. And um, I have no, I don't know, like wish to go, go back there or to go somewhere else really at the moment. Um, <clears throat> I do kind of need and like the English speaking environment as well, and the creative scene Um, at some point, I think just to find a different job as well, I might have to leave Ireland Um, just because you have good and many jobs here for German speakers as well, um, but not necessarily in my area um, of work. Um, And I think at some point it will get too small as well.
2: I was thinking that yeah obviously Berlin big city yeah so yeah.
1: I don't know maybe London maybe something like that but that's down the line I don't know it could be sooner or later it could be end of this year it could be in two years it really depends yeah also I won't be able to pay this rent for you know <laughs> like <laughs> it's <the> <laughs> exactly it's yeah, yeah. It, it is something on my mind I think it's on everyone's mind Um, mm. yeah but regarding people, friends and like the creative possibilities at the moment. It's definitely the place to be for me at the moment. Yeah,
2: it's crazy, isn't it? How Like everybody has this rent issue. Yeah, the price of a pint is so high now and the cost of living here in Ireland in general. There's so many positive aspects to Ireland, you know, yeah. strip away the weather or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we assume okay. that you get over that, right? It wouldn't be so nice yeah. if there wasn't it wasn't this bad way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There wouldn't be as many artists, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. People would <laughs> be on the beach enjoying their lives as opposed to expressing feelings on Brazilians the page. that's why the are so happy. <laughs> we're so sad. Yeah. It yeah. just accept uh, us. <laughs> well, have you seen that film Banshees of Anna Sheeran? Uh, I watched it. There was a quote in yeah. it. You know, obviously it's 1920s Ireland and one of the characters had left the island and was writing about her experience in, in I think it was Dublin or or maybe it was London I can't remember it was mm-hmm. and she's like, I've met Spanish people and she's like, they're so happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just a, it's 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 a pity. The cost of living is is very yeah, high. Is. I think there's always been an accommodation issue in Ireland. And mm. like they're really it's bad, obviously, at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's always been a bit difficult, but now it's hard. Yeah, I've mean, I've gone back. I've randomly been watching like old YouTube videos about Ireland in the nineteen sixties and people's comments on accommodation. You know, it wasn't great then either. I will make a point though, um, and I'm sure my friend won't mind me, might be saying this. Um, he said he emigrated to Canada
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he was a, a bartender. I'm not 100% sure he's, what he's doing now. I think he's managing a bar, but he can have a decent life in Canada mm-hmm. doing that job. He has a child um, they have a home, comfortable living. And he was like, there's just no way I can do that in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And he made a point, he said to me, he's like, listen, Mark, this is a sham. He said, my grandfather, who was, I'm not going to use the words he said, he said, a terrible man. Mm-hmm. You know, he had eight children and he was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. But he could afford to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine having eight children and an alcoholic now? There's no way you're affording a house. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes have have changed. There's different difficulties. I'm not saying it's easier now than it was in the past or more difficult now than it was in the past, but um it's I think it's pretty it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Yeah. It really is. Apart from in that. that it's apart from that. <laughs> it's well, so this, is maybe this is the issue. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <I> <laughs> like, this is horrible. <laughs> <What> is <that? laughs> but this
1: is this is like I don't know. Like, I don't like criticizing other countries' politics, you know, but, like, especially this attitude of, it's grand, like, maybe that's what what keeps Irish people to actually go on the street and protest. Like, you know, like, why don't you? I I can't imagine this happening in Berlin. Like, of course, Germany has this, you know, great tradition of demonstration and protest, especially Berlin. People go on on the street for everything. Like, maybe that's not necessary either. But um, there's, like, more of a sense of, agency that you you know you want to try do something about that Um, and like I can't imagine like Berliners actually paying this I feel like they would just stop and like Mm -hmm. see what happens or some something something I don't know
2: there is something about Ireland and Irish people who have an extremely high tolerance to um difficulty and hardship Mm -hmm. Um, which can be seen in two lights. Mm. It can be seen as a positive thing and it can be seen as a negative thing. Even during the financial crisis through, um, like the example of Iceland who, who had a similar situation of having to, of so much bank debt mm-hmm. that they owed to the European Union or the IMF or whatever it was, the International Monetary Fund. And they were like, hey, yeah, we're just not gonna pay that back. Uh, that's just, we're not what we're gonna do. Mm. Whereas Ireland was like, okay, Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. We'll do whatever you want, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting the different, yeah. you're right, the different cultures yeah. of, even though we, because complaining is something we definitely do. Yeah. I, mm. I remember getting in taxis around the time of the financial crisis in Ireland, and it was just the worst. Mm. It was the worst. You just knew, especially if you're in like the taxi for like 20 minutes or more, it's just going to be from minute one to minute 20 yeah, yeah, complaints yeah. about life mm. and how crap it is mm. and you're like you sometimes you feel like yeah i know well can we just you know not yeah. talk <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know but like this paying back the the debt or something um like during during the uh crisis might also be to like ireland's position in the eu at that time more, yeah. more, more so but um like, like being part of the European Union and um, how well it did Ireland, and then, like, maybe the fear of losing that position more so. Um, no, I, I, but, it was yeah. smart because, in the long term, yeah.
2: you know, it benefited the country mm. massively in terms yeah. of what we have now. But yeah. I, my, my point there in being is that we have maybe a history and a tendency to to follow the line.
1: Mm.
2: maybe more than what people think mm. and positive and negative things to that I think uh, but you're right I do think we should st- stop um, taking the slap on the wrist and, and go in and protest a little bit mm. more and manifest a change
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I manifest it. 200 <laughs> euros of rent a Just month <laughs> I mean, yes. if
2: you believe it yeah uh, Annie, thank you so much for, for coming and, and chatting thank to us. Thank you for us. having me. And um, How do we find you and how can we see you perform your spoken word?
1: Um, I have an account on Instagram. That's Annie Peter Poetry. Peter, like the first name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to play the flow show tomorrow um, in the Workmans, And Smithy Creators on Wednesday as well, actually, this week. Um, and I'll post updates about upcoming gigs or publications or anything online for sure brilliant yeah.
2: what we'll do is in the description of the episode anyway we'll put a link mm-hmm. to your account all right um, and if you wanted to give us any links to your poetry that's not on instagram or whatever mm-hmm. feel free to do that so mm-hmm. that's easy to yeah. click in and, and read your stuff all right um, we'd love to do that too and um, I look forward to seeing you perform. Yeah. Um, it, it should be fun. Um, yeah, cool. Thanks again for doing it. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.